Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning Cast. And today uh, my guest is Imogen Ragone, who's an Alexander Technique teacher and web designer in Wilmington, Delaware. And for this uh, podcast, Imogen is going to actually interview me. And the topic is going to be uh, one of the challenges that students and I think also teachers sometimes face when they're using Alexander Technique directions. Imogen, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Robert. I'm very pleased to be here. And I am intrigued by our topic of discussion today. Um, so maybe you could start out by um, defining what you mean by Alexander Technique directions, mm -hmm. just so we get that really clear. Right. Well, Alexander Technique directions are, are kind of self-talk or self-thought. They're, they're uh, statements that you think to yourself about uh, how you're functioning and how in, in the way I think, think about it a lot these days is how you function uh, as a creature living on the surface of the earth and having to deal with all the forces that are coming at you from the earth, from the sun and so forth. And, and how you can make the best use of your physical mechanism as you tra travel around on Earth's surface. So you're meaning how you can think in ways that would enable you to make the best use. Of, right, right. Yeah. And, and you know, traditionally, Alexander directions are, are meant to be pretty close to pure thought. Although, of course, even a thought has a physical correlate, but they are not things you do so much as things you right. think uh, or direct yourself uh, mentally, and they, they affect the quality of whatever act, particular activity you're doing. They're very Ex general in that sense. Yes, exactly. And so you mentioned that uh, you want to talk about one of the key challenges people encounter when using Alexander Directions. Right. Um, and, but yeah. maybe, so there's obviously a few, uh, maybe you could put it in the context, what do you think are the main challenges and which is the one that you want to really get into today? Well, I think probably the main challenge students face is the, a tendency to add some efforting to the direction. Right. A little bit, as Alexander teachers would talk about it, they're doing instead of mm -hmm. just thinking. And this is a problem that goes way back. Alexander talks about it directly as some quotes from his first training course. Um, he says something to the effect, none of my students will believe that all they have to do is think the thought and that'll do the trick. They're all slaves to muscular activity. Oh Something my. like that. I'm paraphrasing <laughs> a bit. Yeah. But it is just as true today as it was then. It's, it's, exactly. Right. So that's probably the biggest one, but that's not the one I want to talk about today. Another one is how do you remember to actually use directions? Some people are pretty good at that, but many people could go days without ever thinking, hey, yeah, maybe true. a direction would be useful. And there's some strategies for that. But again, that's not one I want to talk about today. 
the one I want to talk about today, a third one, and there there could well be others that I haven't thought of, is what happens when, or what is the challenge, you might say, of achieving success with a direction? Well, that sounds like mm -hmm. a, a, um, <laughs> an unusual challenge that we want our students to have success. We absolutely <laughs> want our students to have success. And but there obviously is a pitfall. Success is a tricky business. Yeah. And um, I, don't, I don't know how much, I, I don't have a sense that this is talked about a lot in the Alexander world. Uh, my first encounter with it was many years ago on one of Marge Barstow's workshops. Uh, Bill Conable was teaching a small group that I happened to be in. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the students, and he helped one of the students in the group with some, you know, hands-on directing kind of stuff. And uh, her project was walking. And she started to walk and she exclaimed, oh, my ankles are so free or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. It made a big difference. And that's where she noticed it right away. And Bill Conable said, you know, this is a very dangerous moment. And I remember thinking, really, uh, how dangerous <laughs> is that? And, and, and he said, um, in effect, what he said is, you get interested in the result of the direction, which in this case is a very good one, and that's where your attention's going to go, and you're going to. There's a great uh, likelihood that you'll lose you'll lose the original direction because you're no longer thinking the direction. You're thinking about the success, or you're feeling yes, it, or enjoying exactly. it, or yeah, so, all yeah. all of the above. And it ties in very much with what neuroscientists uh, uh, say that um, we have a limited number of uh, things that we can attend to in the moment with our conscious brain. And depending on which neuroscientist you talk to, it's anywhere between five plus or minus two to maybe seven plus or minus two things. It's a fairly limited number. And some of those memory slots are taken up with things that you really need, like paying attention to your environment so you don't crash into walls and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So when you're when you're engaged in an Alexander in self-directing in the Alexander mode, you you're taking up one of those memory slots. So. Um, you you often don't really have another one to spare and that the then the problem is that if you suddenly become interested in the results the original one gets kicked out and you're left with these nice feelings that very quickly fade because the direction that produced them is no longer operating Right, it's, it's so kind I'm, of a classic problem, I think. Yes, I'm, 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 I have maybe a sort of devil's advocate sort of sure. question. Go for it. But I'm just wondering, um, can't does that mean we can't enjoy when we have success with directing ourselves? We can enjoy it. Um, the problem is that. We, if we, it depends on what it means by enjoying it. If it means 
kind of in one little corner of your mind, you notice, wow, this really helped. Um, and that's great. Then that's probably okay. But if you get drawn into it, then the danger, while you're actually directing, and especially at the beginning when you're first learning how to direct, then you then this problem really um, yeah. presents itself. Uh, and that's why when I teach uh, new students directions, I, I get them to perform little experiments that are very short, 10, 15 seconds, 20 seconds, where they use the direction and then they throw it away and maybe bring it back again. And they'll, they're kind of, they'll often will notice the effects, especially on the throwing away. Mm -hmm. And then they can sense, oh, well, that, that direction seems to have been useful because when I threw it away, you know, my feet got heavier on the ground or whatever, whatever it is. So and, I'm just putting this together now. I'd never thought of it this way. But you could say at the moment when you start getting interested in the freedom in your ankles, for instance, that you noticed, right. you've, you have in effect thrown the direction away. You, uh, well, you're on your road to it. Now, yeah. some people may be able to continue noticing and direct. I mean, everyone's brain is, is different. I'm free to notice the right. freedom in my ankles. <laughs> so, exactly, yeah. right. Yeah. But um, I think, you know, I think most teachers would agree that when they're teaching new students directions, you you don't want to give them too many at one to do at one time. I mean, usually uh, for for a student to to pull off using two directions at the same time is way way harder than twice one direction. Right. And you know, yeah, um, this reminds me of um, playing a musical instrument. So. I, been playing the piano a bit recently when I've been at home visiting my mom. Mm -hmm. um, but I've noticed that sometimes I'll I'll suddenly notice, oh, this is going well. I'm playing. I'm not, you know. And as soon as I do that, I'm not in it anymore, and I make a mistake or I. Um, as soon as I have the thought about it, rather than being actually playing, mm -hmm. I'm not in that. I'm not just playing anymore and I don't know as soon as I notice it's going well that's a sign that I've, it's about to go wrong because the fact that I'm thinking about it you know it's taken me yeah. out of the activity in some way it seems akin to that is it that... is it's very much akin to that and I think uh, over time people can get to a point where they'll notice oh I'm, I'm thinking this let's say I'm thinking a very simple direction I'm free uh, as you know, as they're walking, and they notice that they're walking, their feet are coming down a little more lightly on the ground, and whatever, and they can, out of the corner of their mind, notice it, but but in a way, say, and yeah, that's interesting, and I'll revel in it later. Uh -huh, you know, yeah. it, it it's it, I don't want to get too drawn into it because uh, it will take away from the effect of the, they'll take it'll take away the power of the direction. Mm -hmm. So. I uh, I was having a conversation about this very topic with my uh, buddy um, John Macy, who lives in Omaha, hour away from me, um, over breakfast the other day, and uh, I was saying I wonder if there's some analogy 
that we could use of, of, or an example of where people are able to continue with a simple direction in the face of changing outcomes. And I, I came up with a couple, but I didn't think they were very good. And then he came up with this one, which I'm going to paraphrase. But I think, and it's it's not, I'm not saying this is exactly like Alexander directing, not at all. But it is about making a decision and not changing it just because things work out well or not so well. And this would be, his, his analogy is, let's say you, you drive to work every day and back. And there, let's say there are three or four different routes you could take. And over a, a, a period of time, you've tried them all, both in the morning and in the evening. And one of them seems better, uh, perhaps both ways, or better in the morning, and another one seems better in the evening on average. And so you just decide I'm going to I'm going to take that one. Mm -hmm. And you 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 get up in the morning and you set out and you take that one that you've decided on. And let's say you run into some problems. Maybe uh, there's a, an accident or maybe someone's trying to parallel park and it's taking them forever <laughs> to get into a parking space and, and traffic is backed up. So you, it slows you down a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't. It, that's not likely to cause you to, to change your uh, background direction and, and and even not likely to ha to change it the next day. I mean, you've you've you realize there are certain factors that are a little beyond your control in any of these scenarios. And it doesn't really affect your basic direction about how you're going to get to work, even if it's a really good thing. Like, let's say, oh, um uh, one one of the directions gives you a view of the interstate, which was another possible direction, and it's totally jammed up. And so mm -hmm. your route's really good today. Mm -hmm. That doesn't, again, change your driving to get to work. You've picked your route, and off you go. I, I guess the analogy could be, though, if you were not... Oh, no, I'm not sure. I'm not thinking this. I've never heard this before. I'm not thinking this through properly. Um, I was no. thinking, what if you got totally annoyed and decided to go a different route and that ended up taking you? But that would be like getting that would be sucked into a that would be sucked into the immediate uh, consequence of your direction. Yeah. Whereas you've done the research and you know that you've done, you've driven all of these routes several times and you know that one is consistently shorter than the other or more pleasant than the other whatever and uh you don't you don't worry about it i actually for me a very nice analogy is when i'm traveling back from omaha to lincoln i got two choices in the afternoon i could take the interstate which is faster or I could take Highway 6, which is slower but very pleasant mm -hmm. and maybe 10 minutes slower. And I usually go for Highway 6. But right after John and I had this conversation that very afternoon, I was on Highway 6 and in front of me was an antique car <laughs> <laughs> going 15 miles below the speed limit. Uh -huh. And there was no way to pass. It's a two lane. There really was no practical way to pass. Mm -hmm. So I will slow down an extra 10, 15 minutes. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to take it next time. 
Right, right. You know, no, because it, 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 yeah. So that's, I think it's a useful analogy only from the point of view of that's the kind of thing you'd like to um, get to with Alexander directions, which of course are much more challenging than just making a decision, which road am I going to take to work? Mm-hmm. So would you use that analogy with a student to help them kind of understand uh, or, or how would you address this issue with a student? Uh, well, what I do, it, first, the first thing I tell students, um, it, and I tell them ahead of time they're going to have this problem so they don't worry about it. And I tell them that it's a really good problem to have. Because well, right. If you were, if you're having success, that is the yeah. Good this it's yeah. it's the best of all the problems to have, mm-hmm. I think. And then the question is, well, what can I do to still get the good results, but not get them sort of quickly washed away by this tendency to, you know, latch on to results. Mm-hmm. And I've come up with a few strategies that I, I ask students to, I, I tell them to, to play with. One would be, let's say uh, the direction you're using is uh, my breathing is free or I'm free to breathe, something mm-hmm. like that. And especially I encourage students to do that during constructive rest or, or just lying in bed because the results are often very obvious. And so that's a good training ground for using that direction. But the problem becomes that the results are often a little bit too obvious. And they're kind of overwhelming in the sense that you lie down, you think my breathing is free, and your breathing just changes dramatically. And you haven't done anything, and you're kind of amazed by that. And then all your thinking goes to, wow, imagine that, my, you know, my breathing. So in a case like that, I would say, well, um, you know, that, that tells you that's a useful thought. So now, uh, if you want to experiment with that direction, maybe use it in a situation where you're not going to be able to, to sense that result directly. For example, walking or running, where the effect of that direction on breathing is going to be overwhelmed by the uh, by all the other movements going on in your body and you may very well not be able to directly notice the effect on your breathing Mm -hmm. you might notice it hopefully you will over time in in the quality of your walking or running but there's a little bit of a separation there from your direction and the results making it i think a little easier to continue with the direction. Yeah, interesting. That, yeah, that's, no, that's, that's one thing, one way. And um, uh, another way, uh, kind of related, so let's get back to the, the breathing one lying down, which is really the most dramatic, I think, in my experience. So let's say you're lying in constructive rest or lying on your mattress getting ready to go to bed and you think my breathing is free and off it goes and you're you're kind of drawn into it switch to another direction that doesn't seem to have anything to do with breathing like oh i don't know free to receive the support of the table Um, and your breathing is still going to be affected but your direction there again there's that little separation between your what you're actually saying 
and what you notice because you've said it or thought it really mm -hmm. so that's that's one okay. and that's two rather and then another one and this really um this is this is uh well it's a different approach so that let's say that happens you, the, the, you're, you're overwhelmed by the results, we'll just throw the direction away for a little bit and bring it back again. And um, you may have to do that several times. Mm -hmm. um, that way you get little periods where you're directing getting the results and you haven't quite gotten sucked into those results yet. And actually that's a procedure that Alexander also suggested uh, not so much for that reason, but he does talk about throwing directions away and the value of that and, mm. hit, and uh, the, the throwing them away and then bringing them back again. Uh, and for, for him, the value of doing that was mainly in that you learned how to bring a direction back as a no big deal event. Mm. That was his, oh, that was good. his yeah. reason for doing it. But I think this is another reason for doing it mm -hmm. that uh, reinforces reinforces his. And I I would really be interested uh, for any any teacher or student listening to us today who's had this kind of experience and come up with their own uh, way of dealing with it to uh, send us an email. Yep. Let us know. So so is is there anything else you wanted to say on this no topic? I, this is a fairly narrow topic i just wanted to talk about that one uh that one challenge to alexander directing yeah no it's a it's a, it's an interesting and good challenge to have so oh it's great. the best i mean yes. you know you're on the right track but you need to do a little refinement in your directing procedure to to stay on the track. Right. And of course, one way is just to get off the track for a while and get back on. That was the last one I mentioned. Mm -hmm. But there might be other ways uh, I'm suggesting that you could continue on the track, but having a little bit changed your strategy. Yeah, different way of thinking. Different way, a little yeah. bit, yeah. yeah. Well, very good, Robert. Thank you. So I'm going to oh. turn it back over to you to finish us out for this okay. podcast. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, anyone has any ideas, let us know. Um, and if you have an idea for a podcast on this topic, let, let me know and we'll set up a, a time. Uh, so my guest uh, today has been Imogen Ragone, an Alexander Technique teacher and web designer who lives in Wilmington, Delaware. I'll put a link to her website by the interview if you're interested in Alexander lessons or getting a website, contact her. Thank you, Imogen. Thank you, Robert. <laughs>